everyone for another episode of the team blaney podcast my name is adam rogers and alongside me as always is co-host steve mez if it's your first time listening this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans steve and i have been following the blaney racing family for two decades and team blaney itself has been providing news notes and analysis to fans on social media since 2014 so go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 this past weekend at the new Atlanta Motor Speedway. Steve, excitement, drama, high speeds, crashes, uh, incredible crowd. That's really all I can say about this week's race uh, at Atlanta. And um, I know everyone was kind of on pins and needles going into this weekend. They didn't know what they were going to get. Were we going to get a mini Daytona? Would it just be a crash fest? Would it be a complete failure? I think it was just so much excitement and mystery. And whether everyone liked the racing or not, or the drivers liked the racing or not, or the spotters liked the racing or not, I feel like uh, Marcus Smith and SMI um, got exactly what they wanted from this new reconfiguration at Atlanta. Yeah, they put everybody uh, pretty close together for you know all those miles, and it it you know it really was pretty exciting because anything could happen. It you definitely it was like well it was it was a super speedway but a mile and a half version, so everything was a little tighter, but everybody raced together and uh, you got to see how good these guys were because really the wrecks that they had early in the race were were single car things. They weren't really like guys bumping into each other and and you know. Yeah, there were a couple saves, but you know, we had some right rear tire things, uh, you know, that we'll get into, but, uh, you know, the racing was, was good, uh, as far as the excitement end of it, you know, there, there were a lot of passes for the lead, obviously. Um, we never did saw green flag pitting. So that, that tells you that it got broken down by, by, by the cautions, but, um, every time they bunched up, they stayed together for a good, good number of laps. And, uh, you couldn't keep your eyes off it because you didn't know what could happen, you know? I have to imagine it was just, and I know we've, we've heard a lot of interviews at this point in the week from drivers and not everyone being like outside of maybe Kyle Busch being like completely outwardly negative about what went on. Um, but I know it had to have been mentally draining for Ryan and Josh and all of the drivers and spotters and crew chiefs, because there was no break in this. They did have the cautions obviously, but I think only about two times during the entire race, did they do the typical uh, freight train or, you know, long train, you know, single, single line of cars. The rest of the time, it was two by two by two by two, um, nonstop for 500 miles. Um, so just, you could, some... tell, you could tell that Josh had his body armor. It was the perfect sponsor. For the... <laughs> yeah. He was well hydrated because, um, it was a super speedway race. And, uh, if you've ever gotten a chance to listen to him spot a super speedway race, it's amazing how calming his voice is, but how constant the communication is, how he's got to give, uh, give Ryan what's in front of him and the guy in front of him, in front of that, what's coming from behind him, where his help is, who's running next to him, what they're doing. I mean, it's just constant, constant information. And, um, 
yeah, from that end of it, from the one, like the end of me listening, uh, like I do, uh, it was incredible to, to get all that content. Um, of course I couldn't write all that stuff down, but Josh, uh, does an amazing job of just being the eyes, the, uh, uh, you know, of the things that Ryan can't see. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing race uh, from that end of it. And it was all plus, coming. Go ahead. I was, I was gonna say, plus, um, the nascar.com. If you've got the app, Ryan had in-car camera too. So we put that on the second TV and uh, we got to watch uh, the race off the, at the front of his car, the back of his car, wherever the action was. Um, and that was kind of cool too. So I was, I didn't get to watch the in-car, but that's because I was lucky enough that we did end up traveling up to Atlanta uh, for this race, our first in-person race, NASCAR race of the year. Um, we did get to go to Atlanta in the, in the July race. So we got to see the last race that was there on the old configuration. We got to see the first race on the new configuration. Um, I liked both because just happened to be that last race ended up having a pretty decent finish between the Bush brothers and Ryan ended up with the top five. Um, I I made some notes here that I kind of wanted to go through just overall experience from the race itself. Um, one that the racing obviously is, as folks saw on TV was Daytona or Talladega. Like one thing I want to point out was just the fact that, they weren't, you know, Daytona and Talladega, you see guys, you know, just hooking bumpers and bump drafting for, you know, long periods of time being in that it's a mile and a half, a mile less than Daytona and Talladega. They didn't really have that opportunity. So it was a lot about more like one or two bumps in a row or a bump before they went into a corner, you know, a, a, the one bump that they could possibly get uh, coming out of a corner and just onto the, the straightaways. Um there was, we saw kind of a lack of what I would say like team orders or manufacturer orders in this race. Um, it didn't seem like they really even had the opportunity to try to, to lock up or everybody get in a row or something like that. Um, I don't know if it's just, or they didn't really come into a, with a plan to do something like that. So that's some one thing to take note of for this race yeah. when they come green, back again green, in July, right? Green flag pitting would have changed that too, possibly because green flag pitting, they would have came in by manufacturer if they could have this was also the first super speedway style race i'll say where there's a choose cone involved um so they probably could have had the opportunity to try to line up i know some teammates here and there kind of did that uh, but it was interesting to see um especially toward the end you know ryan kept lining i don't know if it was on purpose but he kept lining up behind bubba and over the last couple of restarts there, which I thought was going to be a great pairing. And I think I said, texted you that Ryan was going to push Bubba to the W. Uh, I was trying to rhyme. It was trying to be a horrible rhyme. It didn't work what out an, exactly. What an, and and, you and it could have happened. You didn't get my text. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba is like, you know, Bubba's like a brother to Ryan. And yep. William is a possible brother in law someday yep. to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pick and choose. So. Pick and choose. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and then just from a fan perspective, so I get, again, we went in July and it was a, a decent crowd, actually better than what I was expecting at that time from what I had heard before about Atlanta. Um, we went this time and the crowd was insane. One, I mean, it was probably double the amount of people. So, I mean, they, NASCAR was looking to get more people in the stands in Atlanta. And that's part of the reason why they did this. They wanted to get more TV viewers. One TV viewership was up over the fifth races of the season last year, those numbers had come out today. Um, and then I, they packed in it. I would say at least another 10, 10 or 15,000 more people were there for this race than there was in the, in that July race, the sections that we, we sat in the um, right at pit entry 
And then there was still another, it's like called the petty grandstand that was to the left of us. Um, that was loaded with people. And part of it is because at the ends, it's a little bit cheaper to sit, which I think some people like didn't necessarily want to pay the premium to be in the middle, but the ends of the both grandstands were completely packed with people and the middle was still pretty decent. Um, I described it as being like kind of an electric crowd. This was a long race, 500 miles. It went just under four hours. I think just a couple of minutes under four hours. People, I would say, definitely in our section in all of the lower sections spent more time on their feet. I think this entire race than they did in their seats. Um, now, obviously anytime, you know, it's kind of like that Dale jr. Effect. Anytime chase Elliott takes the lead, it gets loud. Like this was like deafening. Um, you're in Georgia too. So that, that kind of helps being his home state. Um, but in any action that was happening, any of the crashes, especially early on when a lot of the guys were uh, trying to learn how to race this when Ross Chastain, um, kept, you know, making those dive bomb moves and sliding up in front of the, the leader to, to retake the lead like three or four times at the beginning. Like, I don't think anyone was sitting at that point. Um, I don't know. I think everyone was just so pumped up and full of excitement for something that they'd never seen before. It was something we've seen, you know, at other tracks, but we've never seen this on a mile and a half. Um, and it, it just got me pumped up. I kind of just got overcome with all of it. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a success. I can understand where, you know, we got to see Ryan go to the back of the pack at one point that we'll talk about. And it was difficult. They don't get the same type of runs. There's not as much space on the track. There's not as long of a front stretch or back stretch to really build runs uh, to be able to pass people. So it was more difficult, but I also thought that was interesting. And it was really fun watching these drivers learn how to race this race. So why don't we dive in right now into our recap of the race uh, from uh, Ryan's perspective? Yeah, we get um, to uh, to Friday, and, and actually Friday gets rained out, um, which changes everything. They go ahead and cancel qualifying on Saturday and move the practice to Saturday. And, of course, just like last week, uh, they changed the practice around for this race, and um, it was going to be the 50-minute practice. So they did this on Saturday, um, and they do the uh, the lineup based on the rule book uh, with the uh, – uh, the matrix and everything. And Ryan's actually going to start P2, no matter what happens. So that, that was kind of cool. Cause he got to be right out front, right off the bat. Yeah. Right um, away. It was uh, already starting with a good, didn't even have to worry about qualifying in this case. So right. I was fine with that. I think I texted you. I'm like, well, that works front row spot. Mm -hmm. um, so practice starts off and he, he does stay right away. These guys try to get ganged up with each other a little bit. Uh, the 14 is actually somebody drafts with them um, and few laps in top of the board right off the bat, you know, um, at a time of like 30.12 was the best time. There were three Fords at the top of the board, then some Toyotas. Um, and you know, 10 laps in, he's like third fastest and only like a 10th off the lead. So everybody's grouped up pretty good. Um, at about 15 minutes in, they're looking to race in a big pack. They want to go ahead at this point, try and see what it looks like to be in a big pack. Uh, they did get about 15, 20 cars together. Um, 20 minutes in the top five were Toyotas actually, you know, uh, Kyle Bush was leading a bunch of them. Uh, Ryan was like ninth quick at this point. So that time he set earlier, it was kind of fading, but it wasn't by much. That's the thing. Um, it was like two, three tenths by the end of practice that, you know, even though he might've been further back, um, let's see about 30 minutes in, um, he was leading small pack and, um, they, uh, 
it sounded like on the radio, this is what I put. It sounded like the end of the Michigan race last year, uh, <laughs> listening to, to Josh during this, because that's what it was. He was trying to cover everybody's runs. He was in front of them and it was like the five, the 11 and the 18 behind him. And he was trying to cover the run, cover the run, cover the run. And, and Josh was giving him who was closing and which way, which lane to take. It was really, really cool. Um, just for a practice, you know? Yeah. It's like, when's the last time you saw a practice like this? I mean, yeah. I I'm watching it on that. It was insane. Like I was concerned. I thought there would be a, you know, a crash, crash but I was like, yeah. they're not holding back. I mean, I know, I don't know if it's because they're closer to Charlotte. So if they really needed a backup car, it might be a little bit easier to get one there. But I'm like, I was, you know, talk about being edge of your seat for a practice. That was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, about 32 minutes in, they go ahead and pit again. Uh, they run 46 laps at this point. So they definitely took advantage of the practice time. Um, and, uh, they went back out. Um, Ryan says something about it was hard to block the runs, um, hard to judge them. And, uh, that was something he, uh, you know, wanted Josh to know. So it kind of changes like the closing distance a little bit of what you want to, if you want to try to do something, um, you know, 46 minutes in, he was P 25 time wise, but it was only three tenths back <laughs> and it was the 47 car was the fastest car at that point. Yeah, I wasn't worried about times in this one. I knew it was going to be a lot about handling, and that's something the driver said before and after the race was that since it was a mile-and-a-half track and just the way it was configured, handling still was a big deal. They mentioned going into turn three. That was that was the main turn where they kind of had to lift most of the time just because they didn't want to lose the car. So um, added a little bit of a different aspect into a, a super speedway-style race. Yeah. Uh, so we go ahead and uh, get to Sunday. Uh, they got 13 sets of tires. A uh, fuel run is about 62 to 67 laps uh, with stages of 105, 210, and 325. And of course, a competition caution at lap 45. Um, they want to be careful of the tire wear, I guess. I guess so. With the and I, and new, I, don't, new, I feel like new, they didn't even need it, but they ended up uh, sticking with it anyway. So. Yeah. He um, ended up with pit stall six. Uh, which was kind of cool. There was an empty stall in front of him. Um, to the rear, uh, the 21 failed inspection twice, and the six had unapproved adjustments. Um, and that was the only only issue. So that was pretty good too. They got everybody pretty much got through tech without any major problems. Um, Jonathan right away tells him, "Take your fuel all day, any chance you get." So you know, saving fuel, saving fuel, save fuel. Uh, and that actually is always important at super speedways because they want to try to run as long as they can. Um, uh, early on, right away, like the 22 pushes Ryan out front um, on the initial start there, like within a lap or two, I think Ryan, Ryan leads a lap uh, early on. Uh, the 14 comes back and ends up taking his line and the high line and, and the high line ends up being the line of the day, basically. Uh, the low line doesn't necessarily ever get organized enough, except for near the end of the race when, when there was a split field there. You know, a lot of times during the race, um, the lower line had five or six cars. Um, you know, people would try to fade to the high line, high line. I guess the handling was better up there more than anything else. Um, as a matter of fact, by lap six, uh, Ryan's in fourth place and he moves up to the, the top line to get away from the, the low line. Um, and lap eight, he does go back down to the low line because 22 is there. So he wants to see if the 22 could push him. Uh, they're testing that out. And uh, at uh, lap 12, the nine actually takes the lead. Um, and 
This is when I was saying that it was like thunder. It, it was crazy. Yeah. All the yeah. all the Georgia fans were 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 up and yelling, and uh, it was a sight to see. I wasn't necessarily excited, but it was a sight to see. Yeah, um, yeah. The nine took the lead with the, using the low line right in front of Ryan. I think Ryan actually ends up pushing him there. So um, at lap twenty, he's in sixth at this point with that low lane, and uh, the eighteen's leading a high lane at this point. Uh, at lap 25, we get a caution for the 16 car. Uh, it's Noah Gregson in the 16 this past weekend. And Ryan uh, c- calls in and says he's loose. He needs tighten up about a two. And he says, and he says he feels slow. Um, this is something he said in the post race too, that it didn't seem like they had quite the speed, but uh, you know, the handling was pretty good. Um, Jonathan says they're staying out at this point. Um and uh, they go to choose cone and Ryan six for the choose cone. He takes the top ends up in row four. So he loses a position or two, but the high line, most like I said, most of the day, except at the end uh, was the lane to take. So, um, and then this was kind of cool. Jo- um, Josh says that Joey says, if you try to move here, he'll go with you. So in other words, if they switch lanes or something, Joey was behind him at this point. And if he switches lanes, he's going to go with him, which was uh, kind of a cool thing to hear that they were going to try to work together when they could. Uh, they reached uh, start lap 30. Uh, the one actually takes the lead at this point. And, um, you know, like I said, that there was a lot of passes for the lead. Um, I think they set up over 40 of them during the race. Yeah, it's like 47 or something. That was part of the excitement because, you, I mean, you're right in the middle of the pack and stuff. It was hard to get runs and things like that. But the excitement of seeing, you know, three or four different people, depending on which line they're in, making moves to go for the lead. Um, I don't know. That was enough to keep me going. Yeah. Now, Ryan's in the high, high lane um, by lap 40. He's in fifth place. So, he's you know, they're just kind of searching it out and and being kind of cautious and, you know, really trying to figure out how to make the moves. Um, they get the competition caution lap 45 there. Uh, and he's in fourth at this point, And he says they're too free. Uh, he's fighting the wheel, he says. And um, the one is the leader at this point. Now they go in and um, they're going to take uh, right side tires and go on the jack. So this was kind of cool because they actually did come out first. Um, what's not cool is something happened. I think at this point with, um, the, uh, the fuel tank, the fuel cell, it wasn't anybody on the team did anything wrong, but something jammed in the fuel cell and uh, they had, they did decide to come back and top it off, which is a strategy that we'll talk about later that ends up working. Um, because the next time you come and pit, you don't have to put as much fuel in. So, um, you know, it does screw them on, on track position off the bat, but truthfully the pit crew all day either was even or gained spots on pit road. Now, this first pit stop is a good example. They, uh, were in fourth out first. Um, and a lot of times the, they were waiting on the fuel. They were, you know, they got the, the, the stop done and they wanted to, you know, we're waiting on fuel. So, um, yeah, a couple of things know. to note is that that yeah this was unfortunate um but it's also happened to a few other guys this year so far they've mentioned i don't know whether it's the gas can itself or just how the the fuel moves through the line into the tank um but we've heard this before i mean i i've watched a a few races this year where they've said a car has has to come back in and they said they just couldn't get fuel in the car so it's a little bit confusing and i don't know if that's something that nascar is going to look at or not i mean it doesn't seem like it's been a huge issue or anything 
Um, but it's something to be, it was something I was concerned about because one, you know, Ryan, you know, like you said, had run up and led a lap. He was running up front this whole time, went into the pits, came out first. And I was pumped because I was like, here we go, you know, great stop. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get, uh, one, my, the cell reception was horrible at Atlanta this year I'm, or this race. I'm not sure what happened there. I was trying to get my phone to work to text you. Um, and then I look back up and he's at the tail end of the field and I was just like, what the heck happened? And I thought he was yeah. speeding. And then, but eventually PRN came on and said that he moved to the back because of the fueling issue. Yeah. Um, two, like you said, the, the pit crew, as far as their performance was pretty solid this week. The only time that they did lose any spots was, was because of different tire strategies. I know yeah, Ryan at one yeah. point took zero tires. He took two tires. He took four tires, but on the, the stop, especially when he took four and, you know, somebody else took two, that was going to change things up. So it was a little bit different. We couldn't exactly gauge their performance that much, but overall, I'm, I don't think they ever outside of the, the mishap with the gas never really yeah, lost any like spots, which was good to see. We want to see yeah, them going in a good direction. Right. Most of the ones I see here, they either held serve or they gained a spot or two, which, you know, is exactly what you want. Um, so he does restart the back of the field, uh, 36 there at lap 52. But, um, you know, this is the kind of cool part is he's definitely better than a bunch of those cars in front of him. So by lap 63, he's all the way up to like 20th. Um, and what's kind of interesting is lap 68, I have him in 17th. And he's only uh, eight tenths of a second back of the lead. So, yep. you know, it's his pack racing for sure. You so know. close together. And this was like the fun part of the race for me um, because I knew Ryan was going to be smart. And you also got to see him just try this trial and error, like on moves. And I think he was learning a lot because you would see him gain, you know, three or four positions and then try to make another move or move between lines and he'd lose, a, you know, three or four back again. I mean, it was kind of just kind of going back and forth a little bit here throughout the rest of this time until he eventually gets back up front again. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought, I don't know, sometimes that's fun to watch. I didn't want him to be back there because it's dangerous, mm-hmm. but it was fun just seeing him kind of be calculative and make these different moves. Yeah. The, uh, you know, lap 72, the one takes the lead and the 22, I got written down here. He got sucker hold. He basically got in the middle and he ended up getting moved back, which, you know, is looked like a super speedway thing. And it was scary because this was the first time in the race, really, where they were put into a three wide position. And I was kind of holding my breath because as he, I knew he was going back towards the middle of the pack and I knew that's kind of where Ryan was. And I didn't want whatever was going on with Joey to trigger a big crash and take the 12 out. Um, so that was, I don't know, as far as, again, the excitement and drama that the racing that they've created here, that was a big part of it was when something like that would happen. And um, Joey was leading like prior to that. Right. And then, yeah, just, just kind of lost it. And uh, everyone was trying to split the difference, which in these turns now, the way that they've skinnied them up uh, is very, very difficult. And you'll see that late in this race where uh, uh, some teammates made some poor decisions and, and caused some incidents at the end. And there's just not enough room. And um, that was, I don't know, that was an exciting part of the race. They get um, lap 84 here. The He's up to 16th. Um, but most of his moves he's making are from the high lane. Um, and, uh, you know, at, the, at that point, at, the top 12 are all in the high lane. So like 13th place is the, is the first car that's actually in the low lane. They've kind of spread out a little bit at that point. Um, <laughs> to which Ryan says, this is great racing <laughs> sarcastically. Um, at lap uh, 92, Jonathan asks for the balance a little bit. And uh, Ryan says they're sliding all around, but not bad. Um, so, you know, loose is fast, you know, and um, 
he, he doesn't mind that too much. Uh, lap uh, 95, we get the caution for the one car, the leader. Um, and this happened a couple times during the day. And uh, from what we understand, the right rear tire issue had something to do with adjusting the camber because of the independent rear suspension. Yeah. Um, and, and also Ryan seems to think from what I hear on the radio that the bump in two was pretty severe and may have been some low air pressures and hitting that bump and, and, and causing a tire rub in the bump that, you know, seemed a lot to be, especially looking at this now and what we'll talk about further with some other cars doing, having the same exact issue. Some of it's self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. I know people are, especially this year because they don't understand what's happening with the tires. I think people that, I mean, I'm not, don't want to talk down to anybody, but I don't, I don't think they they're grasping exactly what's going on because they keep blaming Goodyear um, for bringing a, like a terrible tire to the track. And you're seeing this again. They're like, Oh, I can't believe, you know, all these right rear tires are blowing, you know, what's good. You're thinking it's like, actually most of the time <laughs> outside of that one year when they brought a horrible tire to Indy um, most of the time it's self-inflicted by the teams that are trying to push the limits on setup and in this case, you know, the right rear tire isn't usually the tire that has the most load going into the corner. That's usually the right front. So with, but with this, like you said, independent rear suspension, some different tire pressures. I saw at one point, someone was mentioning, um, you know, Suarez as a teammate to Chastain. And they said, it really looked like Suarez was like, you know, driving it off of his right rear, or like really, you know, putting a lot of pressure on that. Um, and they thought like his tire was going to blow at some point. So um Again, it's it, I don't, it's not really a Goodyear issue. I would say it's a team issue. Um, and car design, when it comes to the flat tire thing, that's that's a totally different thing. And again, I hear Goodyear getting blamed for that. It's like, well, Goodyear was asked to design a tire to fit on these wheels that was low profile and can't have an inner liner. So I think they're doing the best they the mm -hmm. best that they can. But it did again. I keep bringing up excitement and drama. The fact that um, we're going to have a couple of leaders here lose the tire in front of the field definitely. Uh, added some drama to this 500 mile race. Um, they go ahead and uh, they go ahead and pit at this point and um, took the four tires because we're near the end of the stage and um, enough cars stayed out where, you know, they just went ahead and pitted. They weren't going to gain any position. Um, and they, they go in 17th, come out 17th when they line back up. So they did not lose a position on pit road to anybody they pitted with. And they do end up, uh, 17th for the choose cone there uh, the leader actually took the bottom on this one and ryan took the top uh the least the restart was at lap 100 so they only got a couple um laps left in the stage uh, but then we get a caution for the eight 18 and the three and the 42 and the 14 and uh josh and ryan do a great job maneuvering through this uh melee scary um, they're really close really close in this one it happened kind of right in front of them so um, that wasn't the first of the wrecks that they were really close and, and kind of getting through. So good job mm -hmm. by them. Yeah, that's what's, they did a great job maneuvering all those, uh, all day. Um, stage one winner is of course the 24. Um, and they go in the pits, uh, 16th and they gain 10 spots <laughs> on pit road. I think this was the zero tire stop, right? Zero, zero tires. Only. Only. Yep. Right. Cause they just go ahead and they just took tires. So, um, and, uh, the, the, once again, the strategy about maybe coming in and topping off, um, you know, there's a thought at this point too, just because like you said earlier, uh, you could top off and then later on, when you go to pit, you don't have to be in as long, uh, because you've already got more fuel in the tank than other people. So, um, this is a discussion at one point, but, um, they, they 
go against it because Ryan's actually, um, you know, up in the top 10 at this point. So, um, Ryan takes the, uh, the bottom on this shoes. He's in the fifth row. So he's like ninth place. He's back in the top 10, uh, starting stage two. Um, and the 20 actually leads at this point. So, you know, this is a, another, once again, another lead change. Um, and lap 118, Ryan's in the low lane and the 99 is helping push. Like I said, the 99, and the one are becoming players every week. Uh, track house definitely showing up uh, and contending. It doesn't matter what type of track, which that's is what I was going to say. That's the thing is that it has between the super speedways, the mile and a half Phoenix. Like, I, I don't know what's I know that they acquired Chip Ganassi racing. So this isn't the same, mm-hmm. you know, 30 member 30 employee or whatever track house team you know they have more than 100 employees now which is still on the lower end of some some teams but they've hit on something and this was a thing with this new car that we thought could happen i mean eventually the penske's and the i mean hendrix they're fine hendrick is, is okay but gibbs is behind right now eventually these super teams will catch up mm-hmm. but we thought there was a possibility that a team like track house that right now is just a two-car operation could figure something out, could approach this car differently than another team. And and good for them. Ross Chastain is leading a ton of laps. Suarez led laps again in this race. Um, impressive. And I'm, I'm hoping that um, while well, Penske has been bringing fast cars to the track, a lot of it's been situations that have, uh, and they have a win, but so it's, it's good to see different competition out there with them. Yeah. Um, lap uh, 120, the low lane is leading with the four car and Ryan's in seventh at this point. Um, but by lap 123, he's up to third. Lap 127, he's up to second. So he's making his move now. Um, the 22 is leading a high lane at this point with Ryan pushing him. Um, and uh, the, at that point, uh, in the low lane, the 45 is the leader. So now we got the 45 up there. You know, Wasn't it? Is, I don't uh, know. This, this I thought was cool. The transition from the high lane, it's like, Harvick is really the one that started it mm-hmm. um, all race long. Chase Elliott was trying to get the low lane to work and try, and he had was successful a couple of times, but this is the first time where the low lane hooked up and just took the lead, just like you would mm-hmm. see at Daytona or Talladega every once in a while. And for me, that I know I've already said, I've named different parts of this race, the most exciting part already, but for me, just a strategy wise, or just watching this race form, that was like really cool. I was like, finally, the low lane prevails and it, and it lasts and it tap. It happens a few more times in this race too. So I was like, it wasn't just a, it's not just a one groove track or a one groove dominated race, like the low lane, if they do it right. Um, and I know a lot of guys are going to be studying film from this race, getting prepared mm-hmm. for July. Yeah. Um, it was impressive to see. And um, it came at the right time and Ryan used those runs at the right time to get himself back into contention. At uh lap 131 the ryan's in seventh and the 47 actually is leading at this point Uh, lap 139 uh the 31 leads for a little bit um but then uh (laughs) he gets punted by the eight (laughs) the eight kind of like goes what are you doing up here and um at lap 142 ryan is still in seventh this point in the high lane and kind of settling out a little bit but then we get a caution at lap 146 for the eight car another right rear tire Yep. Same deal. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I think that was the one this where one, I saw him, the tire smoke a little bit. Like, I'm like, what was that? It looked like some smoke and then coming out. Yeah. Coming out of, yeah. out of four or whatever. Yeah. Just spins in front yeah. of the field and yeah, kind of like caused, the first one too. This caused a melee and, yep. and Ryan did a great job. Um, 
but it was, yeah, the 45, the 22, the 11, the five, the two, the seven, the 34, the 38, 34, the 20, the 41, the 48, all involved in some, some manner, whether it's spinning out or bumping into somebody else or rubbing up on the wall. Um, Ryan asks for him to loosen it up a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, Josh, uh, you know, Jonathan actually says we're in the window now too. So, which is kind of cool. Uh, so they're pitting. Here we go. Pitting in fifth. They come out third. Boom. Okay. Boom. Uh, right side tires and they go on him on the fuel. Uh, Jonathan then tells them we're good to the end on fuel to the end of the stage. P3 for the cone. The choose cone leader is 24. He took the bottom. Ryan took the top. He's in the second row behind the four car. At lap 154, he pushes the four to the lead. Uh, then we get a caution at lap 156 for debris on the front stretch, probably some parts off of one of those cars that was involved in the melee. Um, and uh, he is P4 for the cone with a four being the leader here. They stay out because we're in, you know getting close to the end of a stage here. Uh, there's 27 cars to lead lap this time. Uh, the choose cone, the leader takes the top and Ryan takes uh here it goes to row two here so let's see he take the top also i believe still and uh restarts at lap 160 at lap 162 the 24 is leading um and the high line is stronger it's the 24 the four then the 12 at lap 173 ryan decides to try the low lane out to see what will happen there um and then he does get back up to the uh, the high lane after he gets past the four car, which was kind of cool. Um, this point in lap 175, it's the 24, the 20, and the 12 up in that top three. Um, once again, Ryan tries to go to the low lane and push the 47, and he gets himself up to third doing this. At lap 184, the 47 is pushing the 12 at this point. <laughs> Ryan got in front of him, and... Uh, he pushes Ryan to the lead uh, at uh, lap 185, the 45 passes. He does He gets around him. Ryan's in second at this point. Um, at lap 190, we got a top five that consists of the 47, the seven, the 20, the five, and the 99 at that point. So Ryan got shuffled a little bit there. Uh, he does make a comment about the 47 being really quick. Um, and the first 15 at this point, uh, lap 199 the first 15 are single file uh, so they kind of spread it out a little bit then at lap 201 we get a caution for the 47 car blowing the right rear tire and it, uh, it's coincidence that they're how fast these guys were these these are all leaders um all the fastest on the track ryan's even saying the 47's fast people are saying the one was fast people are um saying the eight was fast so I think it's just showing you the risk versus reward here. They hit on something on a setup that could make the cars, you know, apparently handle fairly well and run really fast, but um, you couldn't keep that tire on for very long. So I think they made adjustments to make it to the end of the race. Uh, I know the eight had some issues and eventually went out of the race, but um, the one didn't, they made whatever adjustment they needed to, so they wouldn't keep blowing tires, but um there's that, there's that risk versus reward, just like early on in the, the season when Ryan was having those issues with his right rear. Again, I don't know what this, the setup deal was that they were doing, but um, it was hanging up in the car, and that was kind of the risk, but the cars were incredibly fast. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, you just got to balance what you want, but you don't want to end up in the fence. That's, uh, that's not going to get you anywhere. 
The best part of this about this caution is he avoids it and he takes the lead on it. And, uh, you know, Jonathan asks about the balance. Ryan says, oh, we're about a half a number tight. That's it. Of course, they're going to stay out for any kind of stage points they get their hands on. And Ryan and Josh discuss what lane to pick based on who's behind them. Because we got the five, the 11, the 10, and the nine or some of the cars behind him. And, you know, it just tells them, you know, it all depends on who comes behind you to push, you know, on what happens. So um, Ryan takes the top and the 11 and the 10 end up behind him. The five is in the low lane, but he's got a little bit of damage from earlier. So, you know, it was kind of good that it worked out that way. Uh, the restart lap 206, uh, the five does get a good launch at this point, but then we get the caution for the five, the 11 and the nine all involved. And uh, at that point, Ryan was leading. So the, you know, at the end of the stage break, Ryan does win stage two. So, you know, second stage, yeah. second there. stage win of the year. Um, I will say when you mentioned a little bit earlier in this stage, when Ryan drove himself up to the lead, not nearly as loud as it was for chase, but um, I feel like every race I go to, there's more and more and more Blaney fans, uh, especially compared to the Wood Brothers days to now. Um, I mean, it's insane how many more Blaney fans there are. So one, they should be listening to the show. Uh, two, welcome to Team Blaney. Uh, and three, thank you for cheering because from driver intros to any time Ryan took the lead, there was cheering because there's plenty of other times where some other guys take the lead and there's really no crowd response, but it's been really awesome to see the crowd response uh, when Ryan's having success on the track. So winning that stage, taking the lead in the first place, uh, the fans were into it and it was great to see. Now they do pit here in first and out fifth, but as a caveat, like I said, this is not because they did anything wrong. They took four tires and the four guys that passed them on pit road did two tires and uh you know they did not only did four tires but they made sure it's packed full of fuel too because the last run here is coming and the fewer number of stops you can make in this last stage you know the better chance you have a winning so uh, you know not too bad to come out fifth uh the choose cone at this point is the 99 and like i said 99 is one of those cars that took uh took two tires there he takes the top um ryan uh a couple cars stayed out too because he ends up 12th here for the cone so a couple cars had pitted right before the end of the stage i forgot about that and it's in my notes here now so you had some guys the 99 must have been one of them here who didn't pit at the end of the stage they, they pitted before the end of the stage and you know um yeah caused a little bit of a you know it was a little bit of a hassle because you got a little bit older tires but older tires weren't too bad here no, I mean the 99, you'll talk about, talk about it, but he leads for a little while, yeah. uh, holds his own yeah, and then, yeah. then stays up there. So mm -hmm. not too bad. The, the tire yeah. strategies no. were differing. Yeah. So not too bad here. Lap 216 is the restart. Ryan's pushing the 22 at this point. Um, they moved to the low lane. Um, he's in about 11th at lap 220. Um, lap 224 up to seventh in that low lane. And it's moving actually. And the 19 is taking the lead at this point. Uh, lap 228, the nine car takes the lead. Ryan's in eighth. Um, but that's, this is what I was saying earlier. Um, this point, everybody in that top 10 or 15 is pretty even, pretty equal, uh, really hard to make a lot of passes except for the lead itself. We do see a lot of lead changes, but once they kind of settle out after about 10, 15 laps of a restart, this is kind of where he's, you know, he's there. Like you said earlier, they're trying to figure this out too. So um, but lap 237, uh, both lanes are pretty equal at this point. And they're kind of like going back and forth a little bit. 
Um, lap 239, Ryan tries to get to the high line there, and uh, Josh does find him a hole. Um, he's in uh, 11th at this point, and the first 20 cars are single file now at lap 241. Um, lap 248, Jonathan asks uh, about uh, about the gas, you know, because now they're at a point where, you know, you if you get in a line and you could just kind of three-quarter that throttle, you can save um you know laps and laps worth of gas yep. and uh, they you know they do a pretty good job there um lap uh 252 we get a caution uh for some debris uh i guess the eight card hit the wall there in three and four yep um now this one here they say discount and on me jonathan says so they took two tires on discount means two tires this week um uh, they pit in 11th and come out fourth so you know what they did in an earlier strategy with taking four tires now pays off because now they can take two yeah like you said they packed it full of fuel he asked them during that run to like you said limit the throttle usage to save a little bit of gas and this gave them the opportunity to take two tires and get the track position which was ends up being the perfect call yep and uh, jonathan says of course say save 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 as soon as they get back out there uh choose cone the leader is the 10th at this point he takes the top um Ryan's fourth for the cone takes the bottom. He's in row two behind the 24 car. Um, at this point, Jonathan does tell him we're three to four laps short. Um, says if we get two cautions, we should be okay. <laughs> or 20 to 30 laps of lifting and traffic. So, you know, here we go. We're in a fuel conservative type type of thing. They restart lap 259. Uh, the 19 is pushing Ryan. At lap 260, the bottom line is moving pretty good. He uh, pushes the 24 to the lead. Ryan's in third at this point. Um, the lap 263, the 24, the 23, and the two move up to the to lead the top lane. Um, at lap 266, there's only five cars in that low lane now. They're kind of bailing on it again. Lap 269, Ryan uh, asks how we are on fuel. Johnson says, well, I'll let you know when we're good. So, you know, we're, we're looking at it, but, you know, and TV does a good job at this point covering uh, some of these different cars running where their throttle is and so forth and, and how much fuel they're saving. So TV does give a good idea on that. Um, they, uh, they actually talk about Ryan is only 75% throttle at this point. Um, lap 279, Jonathan says another 10 or 12 like this will help us with a green white checker. Um, lap 282, the top nine are all single file. And um, Ryan's up to P3 here at lap 287 um, with the top 20 single file at this point. But lap 296, a few cars are going low, looking to gain some spots here, trying to dice it up as we're getting close to the end. Then we get to uh, lap 297. Jonathan says that he's pretty happy with the fuel right now. And also the 10 is also who's right behind him. So kind of giving him an idea that if you both want to push a little bit, you can go ahead and push. Um, lap traffic starts to get in the way here too. I think uh, this is one of those ones where the one car, one of the cars went high, uh, the 38 and, and uh, 38 and the 34, the 34. Yeah. The teammates, one went high, one went low for some reason. It was the, I saw it happen. And I saw the, well, one, the pack was catching them. And I was like, this will be interesting because the packs caught a single car a couple of times, but not, uh, you know, a tandem of cars. And then they go into one and two, and then they split. And I'm like, just put my hands on my head. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
And then I knew something bad when they came out of two, something bad was going to happen because there was not room because basically since they split the two lanes of race traffic, you know, regular, the race pack had to try to filter into one. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's not room for four lanes in the, you know, four wide without, and people, I think the other part of this is, is if there wasn't, we didn't really talk much about it, but they did institute, um, there was what would be the double yellow line rule. But in this case, it was really like a triple line with a red triple white line with red in the middle or something. Um, But guys didn't want to bail out and go below the line and get penalized. So they were trying their best to stay above it. And as you'll say in a second here, it it causes a a little bit of a melee and uh, and uh, some bad feelings for the the 51 car. The 51 ends up with the worst of it. um, Trying to avoid all this. Um, so this is at lap 301, and uh, they, they are staying out at this point. Um, the 24 is the leader. He takes the bottom. Ryan is the third at this place at this point, and he takes the uh, the top lane behind the 23. And uh, like I said, a lot of the Monday morning quarterbacks were like, why'd you do this or why'd you do that? And these, these couple of restarts. But uh, the top lane was the lane he liked all day, um, and and the 23 is somebody he definitely knows how to, how to uh, draft with too. So – Um, not just that they're friends, but, um, they've been enough of these situations together now too, that, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, they're familiar with each other enough, what they know what each other is going to do, you know? And I mean, honestly, at the front right now, you got William Byron, you have Bubba and you have Ryan, um, three really outstanding, uh, super speedway racers. So one, it's not a shock who's Mm -hmm. running up front at this point. So he really could have lined up along with anybody, but yeah, going with Bubba, I thought was a, a good decision. And I honestly thought, you know, Ryan could have a shot at the win here or at least push Bubba to the win. So, yeah. So we get the restart at lap three Oh six here with the 43 actually behind Ryan when that's another good thing. The 43 was a really strong car all day too. Um, the lap three Oh seven that we get a caution for the 10, uh, getting loose being, well, he is being pushed by He's the being one. Pushed. Yep. Yeah. And, Oh, this is something that ends up what, you know, happening later on here at the end. Uh, but a lot of these guys, we're pretty mindful of where they were pushing, except for when you get to the end of the race, the end of the race, everybody pushes and they don't care what part of the track you're on. And you can't really do it on the turn properly or in the turns. And, uh, unfortunately some of these guys get a little too wild in the turns. Um, Chusco at this point is the 24 is leader. He takes the bottom. Ryan once again is uh, behind Bubba and takes the top. Um, and the one is behind Ryan at this point. So that's kind of cool. Uh, the restart at lap three eleven. And at lap 314, I have here the note that the top lane was moving pretty well. And um, we get, like I said, we get to this white flag lap. And, you know, the, the, the low line had taken the lead coming, going into one and two. And they had a two, maybe about a two car length lead. Um, but that's something that can be made up very easily in, in one turn. Yep. Um, and they're, they're heading into turn two and the 14 pushed in a, in a position he should not have pushed. And, and if you go ahead and search it, there's an actual, uh, apology on, uh, uh, I don't know if it's YouTube or that, but some of, some of the reporters caught him in between the, the haulers after the race. And he explained that he made a mistake pushing where he pushed, but he pushed Ryan and in the wrong spot. And Ryan hit Bubba in that spot too. And uh, took both of them into the wall, and the, the fourteen also kind of ruined his race. Um, yeah, this was deflating. I, I mean, again, I being there, seeing it unfold, 
knowing the position Ryan was in, I couldn't exactly see who it was that had hit him, but I just see the three of their cars go up into the wall. And I was just oh, devastated. And then Ryan limps around the rest of this mm-hmm. lap. But um, yeah, ah, that was, yeah. man, that was unfortunate. Yeah. You, you hear Josh telling him to, to try to bring it around, but he, he, Josh actually knows how much damage the right-hand side of the car had. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. They got, you got a good picture of it online there. It was just smashed in the front uh, right wheel was actually knocked sideways. Um, the, uh, the 24 wins the race. Uh, there's a melee at the, at the finish line. And that's another thing about the TV coverage, the TV coverage, uh, really didn't give you much of what happened in turn two because yeah, they They're raced back the to the line. Yep. Yeah. They raced back to the line and then there was a melee at the finish line. You know, you got the seven car coming in backwards for fifth place, you know, and uh, you know, that's kind of, <clears throat> that's where all the excitement was at that point. Um, uh, good win for the 24, you know, um, I mean, he drove himself out. He, they, they had said, you know, he, he kind of held the lead strategically, you know, the, the lines had gotten side by side and, you know, he was kind of controlling the race, got out there. And I knew, you know, basically coming out of two with the incident that happened between the 14, the 12 and the 23, you know, the 24 was going to win the race. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an issue there on that last lap as well with the 20 car. Um, some folks are saying the one pushed him down below the line. I mean, I kind of see it as the 20 car. And I think even bell himself said he saw an opening and went for it. So mm-hmm he didn't blame the one for shoving him below the line. So that was really the only victim of the, the double line rule in this entire race. So, but the 20 ends up getting, it's not a total DQ, but ends up having to go back to the end of the, the lead lap cars. So he, he lost a second place finish and that pushed everybody back. So. Yeah. Ryan, um, you know, Ryan ends up with the 17th place finish here. Um, but with the winning a stage and uh, again, and um, all those points that come with that uh, standings wise, he moves right back up in the standings too. here, gets himself back up to uh, tied for fifth, only 23 points back of the, uh, the, the, the leader. So um, doing really well point wise, even though the finish wasn't what we hoped for uh, they're doing a good job maximizing the race a little bit now and two stage wins in two weeks. Uh, he's led, uh, what, 205 laps so far this year, um, led laps in every race, if I'm not mistaken. So this is, uh, this is going in the right direction. Um, the pit stops, like I said, the pit stops were actually all good this week. So everybody lay off. We, uh, you know, these guys are putting in the work, they're practicing hard. And like I said, if you see a change on pit road where they lose, uh, two or three spots, look around pit road too, because some teams did different things, especially in this race. And this week coming up, you're going to see all kinds of alternate strategies. That'll be with, weird. Uh, yeah. With racing the race backward on a road course and, and counting the number of laps and fuel windows and all that stuff. So, you know, time on pit road was really good this weekend. These guys did a great job. Um, really excited, uh, because they're practicing hard. Don't, you know, and that's, and they're taking it to the track and they're showing you what they can do. And like I said, one of the last stops there, they gained a couple spots just based on, you know, two tire stop. Uh, they were waiting on the fuel can half the time on these two tire stops, you know, and that tells you how fast they were going. So, um, yeah, everything's going the right direction. These next couple of weeks should be really good every week right now. It seems like it's a week that they can win, you know? Yeah. And the, the point situation is just so interesting right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with just, um, 
the, the parody that's that's come up at least currently with this new car while everybody's trying to figure it out. Um, you're not seeing the same faces in the top 10 every week. So that's kind of shuffling things around. So even with, you know, he, Ryan has a DNF this year, he has two top fives, but the other finishes have kind of been a little bit lower because of just circumstance. Um, just 23 points out of the lead. I think last week going into this week, he was, I think, 17 or 18 points out of the lead. So he only lost a couple of, of points, but actually gained position in the standing. So um, when we're comparing to, you know, thinking he had a bad start last year, um, when he was, you know, back in 14th or 15th in points with, you know, way more of a deficit here to the leader, um, you know, being only 23 back of Chase Elliott, um, it's really it's really impressive to see. And like you said, the 12 car has been a factor in every single race this year outside of uh, maybe the, the clash. So um, really, really cool to see the team kind of pulling it together. Um, Ryan was, you know, frustrated at the end of this one, kind of similar sentiments that he had from before where he said, you know, ran up front all day, had a good run, but we have nothing to show for it. So um, cause he knows, he knows they should be in victory. They should have had, you know, two wins probably this year already. Uh, circumstances would have played out a little bit better. So frustrating day. Um, I know I saw some social media video and I think NASCAR chasm, you know, made it kind of a little bit of a joke about it, but Ryan and chase Briscoe did chat after the race uh, mm-hmm. to kind of talk it out. And Ryan even said in, in his interviews, and he actually even said on the radio itself, like, you know, I don't mind the help. Like they just need to know when, when to help. And I think that was kind of the sentiment that he kind of gave chase, you know, I don't think he went over and was just outright angry with him. I think he was just explaining, you know, at this point, Ryan's more, definitely more of a veteran than, than chases. And even though they're like a couple of years removed uh, between each other from when they they got into the cup series, but, you know, he's a Ford and, you know, they're going to have to work together on super speedways going forward. So a um, little bit of a teaching moment there. And like you said, chase kind of apologized, chase Briscoe kind of apologized as well. So, Again, like I said, overall thoughts, um, just being there in person, I know it was way different than um, watching it on TV, but um, based on, I mean, feedback wise, I know the Jeff Gluck poll wasn't outstanding, um, but feedback wise from, I listen to NASCAR radio basically 24 hours a day. I don't, can't even think in my drives to and from, you know, Georgia back to Florida, I can't even remember a single negative phone call that radio received, which is kind of impressive because outside of Twitter, that's another place that can get a little, little negative. Um, Everybody. I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine anybody that saw it in person just with the energy and excitement and drama that was happening on the track seemed like it was a success. It's really just NASCAR Twitter, you know, typical negative type NASCAR Twitter that, you know, a lot of them already don't like super speedway racing that seemed to, to populate that, that part of social media. So I think that's something that kind of drug the pull down. And again, I could totally understand why somebody would want a more traditional race, but compared to what they've had in years past in Atlanta and what would have happened if they just kept the same configuration, you know, we would have been running another 10 years on a brand new, you know, paved track that probably wouldn't have delivered. So I don't know. I thought it was exciting. I'm looking forward to go back in July and, and going forward. So it, it, you know, most of it is you're going to hear a couple of grumblings from people who are frustrated, like drivers, like, you know, um, the Kyle Bush interview is always the, you know, a highlight of every weekend. Um, but the reality is, is the smart drivers understand that this is, as long as this is a one-off, that's the one thing they said, as long as this is the only place they do this at, 
And we do this once or twice a year and that's it. Uh, I think they're okay with it. Um, they understand the entertainment value of it. They understand the, you know, 30 of us in a pack together coming around the track and, and the chance for something to happen every lap, um, excitement. They understand that, um, that, that, that the fans like that, uh, the racing end of it, like I said, there were a lot of lead changes. So, you know, restarts and, and what happened those 10, 15 laps after restart, before they settled out, they definitely had that excitement too, which was, is, is what, you know, NASCAR wants. Um, so for the most part, it, it delivered, you know, you're going to have a couple grumpy people because they, you know, think they could have done better or whatnot, or think their driver could have done better or whatnot, but, um, racing within what they had to do, Ryan, and his team did a great job of getting him into position. And, and, uh, you know, like you said, if, if things didn't happen the way they did, who knows what the last lap would have had, you know, maybe he would have pulled off that kind of slingshot move that we saw uh, the Gibbs kid make on Friday, uh, yeah. uh, Saturday night, you know, who knows, which by but the way, gotta... those two races were great too. When, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the regular Xfinity and truck cars, which I think they only had the super speedway engine package. I think their aero packages were their normal ones. So, but those mm-hmm. were two not to overlook those. Those were two great races and that move for the win. Um, I don't know. Ty Gibbs that either they got to make some room at, I don't think they're going to be able to make any room at JGR, but I could see 2311 going to three cars pretty quickly because i don't know how much more ty gibbs can learn in xfinity so anyway continue (laughs) so there there are some courtesy things that he's still um you know yeah he has some other things to mature on but (laughs) mature on but the move the move he made was a bold move that we would have saw ryan make on a restart we have seen ryan do those kind of things so yeah it was it was a pretty good move he he got to the position he needed to he got the push he needed and then he made that made that move right right around the guy so um yeah, for the, for the most part, though, like I said, if as long as this is once or twice a year at this track, I think it's going to be just fine. Um, this was the first time doing it, and let's see what happens in the summer when they come back. You know, like you said, they're going to, they we're kind of all learning how to do it. You know, practice gave them some idea. The racing itself gave them even more of an idea. And uh, you watch the engineers and the uh, crew chiefs get their hands on things and see if they don't alter a couple things, too, to help the cars. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with there were people that were so hyped up that they were going overboard saying, why don't we do this to Kentucky and bring Kentucky back? Why don't we do this to Texas and fix Texas? No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll keep our two big super speedways. We'll keep our super speedway style mile and a half in Atlanta. Um, Joey Logano this week said like he felt like super speedway racing, even though he's been highly successful at it, you know, Daytona 500 winner. He says he felt like that's like the tax he has to pay as a driver because he, to be able to race all the tracks that he really likes. So um, I don't know one idea, one last point uh, that I would have that July race in Atlanta, knowing how hot it was. Um, I think a night race, a night race at Atlanta in this new configuration under the lights would be pretty exciting. So Marcus Smith, SMI, I know you're listening <laughs> to take that into account and let's turn this into a Saturday night, night race. So Steve, before we jump into our always exciting NASCAR fantasy live recap, we'll just do a quick uh, preview here of the, the upcoming race this weekend where they're headed back to Texas for the echo park, Texas grand prix Sunday, May or, um, this weekend and it's it's going to be yeah i was gonna say may uh it's it's gonna be exciting one they've moved the race from may 
to March one, because they had that deluge <laughs> of rain that happened uh, previously. And the weather for this weekend in Texas looks like it's going to be uh, sunny and clear. So I'm excited to see what they can do on this track without the crazy weather conditions. Yeah. Um, this, this last year, this time, or this race last year, yeah, they had a rain weekend that I, I don't even think they usually get rain like that in, in that area down there in Austin, but, uh, Josh was uh, up there at the top of uh, turn one and getting just soaked, uh, for two, three days in a row. Um, but, uh, this, this time around, yeah, I think it's gonna be in the seventies or eighties, um, part, partly cloudy most of those days. Uh, and we've got all three series there. So we got the trucks and the, and the Xfinity on Saturday racing. Um, so it should be real interesting, not just because it's going to be dry, but it's going to be this car, this car. A lot of what they said about the test at the Roval was this car is a road race car and it should be real interesting to see how this car operates on a, on a road track, a uh, road course now, you know, especially a road course that's, you know, uh, as high quality and caliber of a track as, uh, as this is. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, really looking forward to this race, Ryan, as we've said before, pretty decent road course racer. If I remember correctly, um, usually around, I think he has an average finish around 13 or 14th. He's won that race at the Roval, um, really stepped up his game over the last couple of years when it comes to road course racing. And he got caught up in some incidents a little bit last year in the rain, uh, got behind on the track, uh, really looking forward to see what he can do, especially in this brand new car. So they had the test at the Roval, uh, right after that race last year, the next gen test that some of the teams participated in. So they got a little bit of an understanding of what it's going to be. Uh, but this is their first real race conditions that they're going to get. Um, they got the sequential shifter now in the car. So totally. So that's one thing to watch this week. Um, you know, these guys are focused on road racing and now they're totally going to be shifting completely differently than they did prior with that H pattern. Um, you saw earlier this year, a couple races ago where, where Hamlin accidentally shifted in the wrong direction and, and broke the transaxle. So um, that's definitely one thing that I'm going to be, to be watching for sure. So again, if you want um, to catch this race this week, the Echo Park uh, Automotive Grand Prix at Circus, Circuit of the Circus, <laughs> it was a circus last year, at Circuit of the Americas, Coda, um, you can catch the race. Uh, the coverage on Fox starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and you can catch the catch it also on um, PRN, 2.30 p.m. Um, I don't know. Looking forward to it. Um, also looking forward to another attempt here at the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League because I mentioned very briefly um, during our race recap that the – and I think even the door bumper clear guys mentioned this. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was because of the crowd size. But Atlanta did not seem to have Wi-Fi available for fans, which saddened me. Um, there was a million Wi-Fi uh, things available because there's condos there. So I think I, I, I saw about every condo's Wi-Fi listed, but there was no track Wi-Fi. Um, I had full signal it appeared on my phone, but I could barely text you, which drove me crazy. And then um, I could not update my dang fantasy lineup after i had austin Sindrick in my or sorry austin dylan in my lineup and i had ryan in the garage and i could not get fantasy to load i tried it you know during the caution periods uh i tried you know when i was up in the stands i tried when i was down you know near the the concessions and restrooms uh because i was just after that three car went out of the race i'm trying to get ryan because ryan was having a pretty decent run so i will say that if i had 
been able to take Ryan out of my garage and put him into my lineup, I would have been top 10 this week. And it makes me so sad. So my starting lineup for the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live this West past week at Atlanta, I had Ross Chastain, great pick Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch, another great pick Austin Sindrick that didn't work out. Um, and Chase Elliott. So this is what tells you, I had two guys on here that one Austin Dillon only got me two points and Cindric only got me five points, and I still had a pretty solid week. If I could have just got Ryan, Ryan was in my garage. He scored 30 total points for the race, even with his 17th place finish. Um, that would have put me with my bonus picks here. So again, in my, my featured matchups, I picked Ryan over Larson. That was correct. I picked Elliot over Hamlin. That was correct. I picked Bubba over Stenhouse. That was correct. The only one of those bonus picks I got wrong, I picked Reddick over Chase Briscoe. Um, if I would have had those 30 points from Ryan, it would have put me at 180 or so for the week, and that would have been enough for a top 10 finish this week. So I blame you. I blame you. I've, I've been praising Atlanta and SMI this whole podcast, and now I'm I'm blaming them for my defeat in fantasy this week. Um, so if they were on here listening to me about how amazing it was and how they should make July a night race, they should listen and uh give us some some solid throw up another cell tower or give us some solid wi-fi so i won't i won't miss out on uh on a good fantasy day because those are few and far between for me what did uh what did your lineup look like this week you know i did the same i had that same problem this week where i should have put somebody in the garage during the race and and never looked at it because i'm just too busy with the notes um because i had kyle bush in the lineup and if i move him um i had briscoe as my uh garage guy and it would have been like a 26 point difference right there. Um, but the rest of the lineup, I had Chase Elliott, I had Ryan, I had Joey and I had Byron and, um, you know, with Byron and Chase, that's the t- first and the, and the third best point guys there. Um, where, like you said, Ryan was 30 points. Joey was another 28 points. So, um, I split the, uh, the matchups. I, I got half of them, right. Uh, but overall, not bad. Like I said, if I, make that change it would have been about a, what i say a 26 point difference which would have put me oh yeah it'll it'll put me like second or third yeah, i was gonna say top five for the week so speaking yeah. of that let's take a look at our, our standings um as far as most points earned at atlanta motor speedway in the team blaney nascar fantasy live league um first place here is an interesting i think this this uh, this fellow is a member of our discord chat um under a different name, but um, I feel like they're doing this on purpose. Um, so first place this week uh, for the the league at Atlanta and points earned two bush two bushes no Johnsons. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Two hundred fourteen points in second. Big Burn two hundred five. Third Bud King one ninety nine. Tied for third. Joe Lopez one with one ninety nine. Fifth our friend Stellanarius. Uh, Nicole one hundred ninety eight points. Great week for her. In sixth, Bulldog 0277-192. In seventh, uh, probably a Wisconsin native here, Cheesehead Fan 187. In eighth, NASCAR Not 12, 183. In ninth, B-Rye 12, 182. And rounding out the top 10, Alyssa C, 178. And you, again, even with keeping um, the 18 in the lineup, you finished tied for 12th with 174 points. And I was tied for 33rd, 152. So again, if I would have pulled uh, Dylan out, which would have given me two, 
he only gave me two points. I had those 30. It would have put me up to 180, which would have put me solidly into the top 10. But hey, didn't happen. So I need to just get over it and uh, <laughs> and move on <laughs> to Circuit of the Americas. So um, let's take a look at the overall league standings, where unfortunately you are still a m- member of the top 10 here. But um, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what happened to Clyde here. But we, he's taken a dip. But in first place, holding down first in the in the overall league standing, Super Mod with 964 points. In second, Joe Lopez won 936 points. In third, Blaney kicks beep with 925 points. In fourth, David Lazaro with 922. Fifth, Eric D15 with 915. Your team, Mez12, is in sixth with 909 points. In seventh, the Nutty Gamer 907. In eighth, Blaniac 10, 906 points, nine. Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing taking a tumble here um, from the top of the standings down to ninth at 904 points and rounding out the top 10, Vincent 12, 899 points. Um, Like I said, you are holding down the sixth position and I, rough, 49th for me, 772 total points. So honestly, Fantasy is playing out uh, very similarly to last year. And I think in years past where I, uh, I don't load my lineups with all the top talent early on. I usually come on strong toward the end of the season and I usually do well during the playoffs, but uh, whereas you differing strategy keeps you at the top of the leaderboard most of the year. And I never learn. I just never learn. You remember when we were in a fantasy football league together for a couple of years I wasn't good at that either. <laughs> you, you remember how? You remember how I did those couple of years? Yeah, you won, right? You jerk. Yeah, a couple of years. Ago. So, <laughs> um, it just once I learned the the ins and outs of it, you know, that's that was the key. Once uh, this year's a little bit different, but not not much different. And uh, you know, people uh, they're like I said, I'm not, and I'm not going to say I'm the best at it either. I mean, there are people that are always uh, beating me every week, and they do a really good job of paying attention to who's where, and they make that move to the garage when they need to make the move to the garage. And uh, I mean, I tell you what, just in our league in the last couple of years, the names that we know, super mod Blaney kicks beep (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. you obviously and Clyde's chicken pit racing. Um, Mm -hmm. Honestly, if moon cup, who I, I, you know, just left on our roster here, who never, never came back or changed their name. uh, Sad to see them go, but you know, they were up, you know, in the top 10 all year last year and they've, they've continued it on. So they obviously know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I just got to figure it out. So heading into circuit of the Americas this week, I know the people that I'm looking at probably a chase Elliott start, probably a Kyle Larson start uh, one person to look for the 40, well, he 42 car last year, the one car this year, three straight top five finishes for Ross Chastain track house is headed to like you said they've been solid all year so far and every other track configuration they're headed to a road course now chastain was quick in the 42 car last year i don't remember if he got the finish that he deserved or not um but i think that's a car to watch uh maybe a you know someone else to throw into your lineup there um i don't think i'm gonna put ryan even in the garage this week i've just used a lot of ryan this this time so i think i might hold him back a little bit but i think if you're looking for locks i think larson and uh, Chase uh, Elliott are definitely locks and I would say Chastain's one that I would just consider putting in your lineup because of momentum with practice and qualifying being under the same conditions probably and and, and not having any problem with rain um, I also look for the 16 car AJ uh, is only Good running part time 
part-time stuff in that car, but this is one of the places he'll run and you'll see him qualify that thing probably in the top 10, maybe even have a shot at the pole. And uh, then as long as nothing messes up his race, he's going to be a guy to beat. You know, he, he, he showed it at the Indy road course last year, you know, which yeah, he capitalized on circumstances there, but he had to be in that position to win that race and tell you what, two other drivers that to keep uh, watch of one. And they're the two temp- team Penske teammates of Logano who himself is a pretty decent uh, road course racer and Austin Sindrick who grew up on road courses, won several in the Xfinity series. You know, this was one of the races that he ran last year in the 33 car and he led laps and ran up front for a while uh, during that race as well. So um, Sindrick's another one he's had, a you know, he won the Daytona 500. He's had a rough couple of races these last two weeks. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the two car rebound. So I think that wraps up most of the podcast. One thing to bring up though, that happened over the weekend um, is just some more SRX rumblings that are happening around there. So obviously they got the announcement. We have first, we got the announcement that there that Sharon Speedway was going to host it, which for me was a victory after, you know, a year and a half of trying to beg them to run uh, the dirt at Sharon Speedway with the SRX series. And then I started the campaign to try to make sure that, you know, a Blaney was going to be behind the wheel. Again, I have really no say in any, anything, but I'd like to think, you know, our, our fans, you know, turned out on social media and convinced them as well. So we have Ryan and Dave both confirmed to be behind the wheel of SRX cars for this July SRX finale at Sharon Speedway. Then over the weekend, Ryan is asked at Atlanta, uh, I believe by I Lee Spencer. Lee Spencer, yeah. Which, and you know, she, she's, she's yeah, been around for a while and definitely covered the, the Blaney racing family for years. And they ask, she asks about Dale, um, which was when I, you know, was, you know, posting stuff at SRX, I had tagged Ryan, Dave and Dale, because I thought all three were deserving of being, you know, that hometown hero type driver to represent at Sharon Speedway. Uh, so we got Ryan, we got Dave, their Twitter has been, I, I, they've gone back and forth with me a little bit. The team Blaney account uh, between uh, Hawk and uh, who's like the, you know, in charge of SRX now and their official Twitter account have been toying with us a little bit here and uh, thrown out like the possibility again, that this is something Dale would have and Dale's got has a lot going on. I think he might even be running sprint cars again this year. So who knows what, what's he, what his plans are, or if he would want to run this race, um, but they're toying with the idea of, of putting Dale in a car <laughs> for this race too, which, I mean, it's already the battle of the Blaney's. Why not add in uh, Dale though? I think that would just put the icing on the cake. And I know you have your tickets to go to that race and, and catch everything. I know you're really excited about it. I'm still a little sad. We're not yeah. going to make it up there, but yeah, we um, want, um, we'll talk about it as we get closer and closer to it, but I want to do a, uh, a, a, a podcast tweet up tweet up yeah the team Blaney podcast tweet up um at the track um i'll start starting to work on giving us some merchandise to give away and so forth and i'll have to get with the powers and be make sure it's okay to do it uh somewhere on the grounds there if we can um but uh you know those who listen to the podcast reach out to us let us know you're going to be there and um, we'll keep in contact and as we get closer and closer to it this summer we'll we'll make sure we do something and try to get a i'll work on seeing if i can get guests and so on and so forth like like a good tweet up should um but uh, I, yeah the excitement building around this is it's gonna be tons of fun i'm pretty sure they've sold out all the uh reserve seats and you know general mission they'll they'll pack the place w- w- with as many people as they can put in there 
Yeah, so we're several months out from it, but it just seems like, yeah, more and more keeps coming up here. So if, if I don't know, if they got Dale behind the wheel, that would be fantastic. And I don't even know, I don't know if he ever ran a modified or anything else. I think he's mainly stuck to sprint cars. So this would be something completely different, I think, for Dale when it comes to racing. So um, that would be really cool to see. And like you're mentioning, having a tweet up, getting some of the Team Blaney fans together um that would be awesome and i tell you what i i put in the the discord chat so i've mentioned it before we have a discord channel um you can find the link i can keep tweeting it out every week on how you can join that but we have a race chat and i put in you know i said you know cell coverage is kind of spotty i'm going to be at the race can you guys keep this thing going and i get to my car after the race is over with and i go through and like again the discord chat was hopping <laughs> uh during that race so if you want to join in with us you know it's kind of we just kind of watch the race and and chat through it the ups and downs the the good and bad the the exciting parts um celebrate the the great finishes so we have a lot of fun in there so i would encourage you uh to go find us on discord and join the the team blaney channel and we have chats throughout the week and uh, a couple other fun things that we do when fans go to the track i we encourage them to share the photos that they get um people were brian had a uh had a uh, a meet and greet with uh, certain ticket holders this past week at Atlanta. And we had a few members of the discord that went to that and they shared photos of that with Ryan uh, people that were down on pit road, pictures of the car, um, any other news that pops up uh, that we talk about on Twitter. We actually, you know, converse about it in the discord. So it's a really, really fun place to be and it's growing. So go find us uh, there and uh, join our, our team Blaney discard, but discord though. But like I said, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week. So I just want to thank everyone once again for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, and why wouldn't you about myself or co-host Steve, check out our debut episode from last season that dives deep into how we both became fans of the Blaney Racing family. You can also interact with us again on Discord, but also on Twitter and on Facebook at Team Blaney, also on Instagram at team.blaney. Um, finally, we want to encourage you to help support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on all of their very active social media channels. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. <laughs> <laughs>